The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. This is the word that God has given to us in the flesh to give us grace and peace and guidance, a lamp unto our feet. As we move toward hearing the word of God in the book of Joshua, I love that hand motion that uh, Kristen just showed us for Deuteronomy, which was to remember. And as we look at this map, uh, you're going to see exactly where they are. Um, and I want you to just be aware of what Moses wanted them to remember. Moses has now died by the time we get to the beginning of Joshua. But if you look on the left-hand side, we're on the coming out of Egypt. That's where they made it through the Red Sea. God opened up the waters of the Red Sea for them to walk through on dry ground, which was absolutely unbelievable. Then for 40 years, they go through the wilderness, and Joshua is being mentored by Moses. And they go all the way up. You look to the top above the, the sea there, the Dead Sea, and they're crossing over now through the Jordan River. And so that is where they are. And as they are right there, you just put your finger up here, that uh, what they need to remember is how great and mighty God is to save and fulfill God's promises. I am going to... Lead us in prayer, and then lead us into our scripture, which is Joshua chapter 3, beginning at verse 14, Then I'll guide you into portions of chapter 4. Let's pray. By your Holy Spirit, O God, may we hear you. May we hear your word. May we hear you, Jesus. May we be filled with confidence and faith in who you are. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Joshua chapter 3, beginning of verse 14. Listen to God's word to you. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the edge of the water. The waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, while those flowing toward the sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. And then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. When the entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, select 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them. Take 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stood. Carry them over with you and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. Moving down to verse 14. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. The Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. When the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up from the middle of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet touched dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. 
The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. Those twelve stones which they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal, saying to the Israelites, When your children ask their parents in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we crossed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. I would like you to pause after hearing that passage and just imagine what these priests were thinking when they first came to the edge of the Jordan River. What were they feeling as they came up to the edge of these very turbulent flood waters? They are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, The Ark of the Covenant, you see a picture here depicted by an artist, basically carries the Ten Commandments, the two stone tablets that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai, which is basically symbolic of the whole law of God. And I don't know if you remember the very first phrase of the very first commandment in those Ten Commandments, but it's this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So they had on their backs this remembrance of how great God is because they remembered when Pharaoh chased after them after they left Egypt with his huge armies and his powerful mighty warriors on chariots and they were stuck between the devil and the deep blue sea. They had nowhere to go forward and nowhere to go backward. They didn't know what was going to happen. It was a hopeless situation and yet God's presence went before them and opened up a way for them to go through on dry ground. So here they are, right there at the bank, at the edge of the Jordan River, and their enemy is not behind them now. Their enemies are in front of them because they have heard in the promised land where God is taking them for God's promised rest, even though it's a land flowing with milk and honey, it's also a land filled with giants, filled with terrifying, powerful people. So imagine what they're feeling. And imagine what it was like as they're carrying the ark for them to try to take that first step into the turbulent waters, into what was certain death for them. To help us imagine that, I want to take this clip out of the movie from 1989, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and the search for the Holy Grail, and Indiana Jones comes to an abyss dropping into a bottomless pit as he's trying to go after the Holy Grail, rescue his father, and yet he's right there in these two minutes. Just let yourself feel what Indiana Jones is feeling. Imagine what these priests are feeling. from the lion's head 
must hurry. Come quickly. It's a leap of faith. my gosh, that has stuck with me ever since I saw that movie decades ago, just imagining what Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones felt, standing there and taking that first step into what was sure death for him. So as you imagine these priests stepping out, they take that first step and put their feet into these waters of death. Remember, for the people of God living in that part of the world, water symbolized death. It symbolized chaos and all the evil that takes us down in the world. And once they did that, they found that the rivers, that river parted and went up like a wall, just like the Red Sea, and that they were able to cross over on dry ground. The same thing that happened to Moses and the people when Pharaoh was chasing them, now that same miracle has happened for them. So Joshua, they hold him in awe. And they hold him in awe because he has the same qualities that Moses had. And those qualities are confidence. This confidence in God that there are no obstacles that God cannot overcome. That Joshua, like Moses, has this proper fear of God. He has this trust that the promises of God will be fulfilled. And the whole goal is that last verse that we hear in our passage, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so that you may fear the Lord your God. Friends, this is the gift that is given to us in the book of Joshua. So as we come to our troubled waters, to the waters that are frightening to us. It's different for us, of course. We don't have an enemy chasing us. We don't have Pharaoh and Pharaoh's chariots behind us, taking us right up to the edge of the water, the edge of death. We don't have giants in the land, a promised land we're going into that we are afraid of and not sure how we're going to conquer, conquer these seven nations, the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites. But we still have troubled waters, don't we? We have waters that are intimidating, that cause us to feel hopeless today. And I think it's good for us as we take this gift of Joshua 
to be mindful together what is in those waters for us. This last week, I was on two Zoom calls, two separate Zoom calls, two separate people burst into tears. One person was weeping because of the division that was happening in her family over the election. All of a sudden, people that were very close talking to one another on the phone all the time now weren't talking to each other. And she felt this hopelessness over that. Another person was feeling hopelessness over the Breonna Taylor story. Loving this country, a land that's committed to liberty and justice for all, and then watching this, us being pulled apart, killing one another. And I heard others this last week where the enemy isn't out there in front of us or behind us, but among us and even within us. This sense of being surrounded by death, one pastor said. Another person just filled with grief, just too much. Just the mental health challenge that is a part of the troubled waters that are before us. So how do we step out with confidence that God can overcome all things? How do we live into this quote from Joshua 1.9 that we have on our corner, that we've had on our corner since the beginning of COVID that says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As always, we answer that question by looking to Jesus. You know, Joshua, his name, Hebrew, Yeshua, means Yahweh is salvation. It's the same root for the name of Jesus. Yeshua, Jesus, God is salvation. And yet the way we see God's victory and the, see, the way we see God's salvation in Jesus, it looks so different than what we see in Joshua. He's not a mighty warrior going forward and defeating and destroying and wiping out Israel's enemies. He's not that, much to the disappointment of the people no, the way he leads and the way he steps out is actually the opposite. It's not a victory through genocide and wiping out all peoples who don't worship the Lord. You know, it's very helpful to me as I was wrestling with how Jesus is different of wrestling with these difficult passages in the first half of Joshua. Brian McLaren points out that Jesus, there's a few stories that show us the way of God fulfilled in Jesus Christ. There was a day when a woman came to Jesus. She was a Canaanite woman. Interesting that she was described as a Canaanite woman because that particular culture no longer is, existed. So the fact that in Matthew 15 she's described as a Canaanite woman was hearkening back to an understanding of who the Canaanites were. She was asking that Jesus show mercy to her daughter who had a demon, was demon-possessed. Jesus listened to her and did what they did not do in Joshua, which was to show mercy to the Canaanites. But he did, and he healed her daughter. And right after that, there is a story, a miraculous story, of the feeding of 4,000 people 
This was a repeat miracle. It had happened before in the feeding of 5,000 people. And there were 12 baskets full left over in that first story because that was happening among the Jewish people and it was symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. But now in this story with non-Jewish people, there are seven baskets of leftovers in this miracle. Brian McLaren claims that this suggests the seven Canaanite nations that Jesus' ancestors had been commanded to destroy. Yahweh is salvation. And we see the fullest expression of that in Jesus Christ. And that salvation comes not by destroying, but by actually entering into. He enters into our troubled waters with us in order to save. This is Brian McLaren's conclusion. Our ancestors led by Moses and Joshua, believed God sent them into the world in conquest to show no mercy to their enemies, to defeat and kill them. But now, following Christ, we hear God giving us a higher mission. Now we believe God sends us into the world in compassion to show mercy, to heal, to feed, to nurture and protect life rather than take it. Wow. I think this is a helpful picture for us as we imagine for ourselves what it means to actually step out as Jesus did. And as Jesus was stepping out, he wasn't stepping out onto a bridge over troubled waters, was he? No, Jesus actually, as we symbolized earlier in our worship service with his baptism, he stepped out with enough courage to let the waters take him down so that he could come with us into our troubled waters and through his resurrection, the fear of God would fill us with a different kind of strength and a different kind of courage, not to destroy, but to come alongside with love and healing. It actually, in all honesty, I think is a harder way. It's easier to want to destroy our enemies and to be done with them than to actually show the enemy love that God did in Jesus Christ. You know, I think of Mark Stosher. I think of Mark Stosher, who grew up in this church and is a missionary now in Albania with his wife, Ruthie. They've been there for over 25 years, and as they have raised up a ministry there, they have taken in 10 orphans into their own home, into their own family, and these are children in Albania who have been abandoned, who have been abused, who have been through many horrors. And as he takes them in and loves them with a father love that many of them had never known, he just feels, in his words, like I need to be a psychotherapist and a father. So Jesus' strength and courage has taken Mark down the road of self-sacrificing love. He's, he's definitely not a warrior spirit defeating and wiping out enemies in Albania as they're over there on the mission field. But he's a servant to the most damaged ones, entering into their troubled waters with them, giving them the father love and guidance that they have never known. I just think that's a beautiful picture. He actually gave us, sent to us, the team that's been praying with them and for them. We were supposed to be in Albania right now. And he sent us, I gotta go get it, a 
A bag of crosses, these are crosses that were made by an Albanian of Albanian wood so that we could hold these as we pray. And I think it's a beautiful picture of the way of Jesus Christ who steps out in confidence to actually let go and to come alongside and enter into the pain and the troubled lives of those who are most vulnerable and at risk in this world to show compassion as Jesus did, to show mercy to feed, to heal, to protect their lives so that no evil would actually keep them from thriving. Our troubled waters, where do we need that kind of strength and courage? Jesus' spirit to overcome all the obstacles to his love and mercy that are pulling us apart maybe pulling us apart inside. Maybe that's where the troubled water is for you. Just this warring inside you. Maybe it is loving your family, those within your own household, under your own roof, who are very difficult to love. Maybe those in your extended family where there is division over politics that feels more and more hopeless more and more divisive and hateful and spiteful. Maybe it is loving our black brothers and sisters and entering into their troubled waters, everything that's keeping them from thriving, helping them to overcome all the obstacles. Maybe it's loving our leaders, the leaders that you are most frustrated with, tempted to hate, want to see them destroyed even. What's in those waters? I don't know what's in those waters for all of us or even for you, but I do know this. We have the Ark of the Covenant. We have the Ark of the Covenant. That's what being immersed in the biblical story is for us. We stand on the edge of our troubled waters knowing and hearing this promise of God, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, out of bondage. It's where it all begins, this promise of God. And we have the risen presence of Jesus Christ with us, going before us, accomplishing this victory for us this victory of God's healing love to enter into the troubled waters with those who are troubled, to trust God that God will give us that love and mercy and compassion that we don't even have, that God will give us that strength in ourselves that we don't even have so we can step out. We can be strong and courageous and not afraid and not discouraged. Because God parted the Red Sea. God parted the Jordan River. The people walked through on dry ground. And that same Lord is with us wherever we go. Let's pray. We praise you, Almighty God, that in Jesus Christ, every evil power in heaven and on earth has been defeated in his death and resurrection. Give us that confidence as we face our hopeless situations today. Fill us, O oh God, with Jesus' spirit 
with his faith, with his courage and strength to step into our troubled waters with us and for us, to yield to your compassion and mercy. It is so much easier to want to destroy our enemies, to wish them destroyed. Only you can lead us forward in your love, in your love of enemy, in your power to bring together and heal what is hopeless. Lead us, O Lord, in your way, your truth, your life, the way of your baptism, the way of our baptism in you. Amen.